The MLB draft may have concluded, but that doesn't mean R.M. Layton, a minor, uh, minor league play-by-play voice, won't be still reviewing all of your favorite prospects on the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast. You can, of course, can follow the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts and find out everything about the minor leagues and enjoy today's episode. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? How is it going today on Thursday, July 15th? I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most, and I hope you all are having a fabulous Thursday afternoon, evening, maybe even Friday morning if you're listening tomorrow. But I am having a phenomenal day as the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, are off today, but the All-Star break is done as the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees will play the lone matchup tonight on ESPN to get us started for the second half of the year. But on today's podcast, we're going to get into some fun stuff. We're going to get into the Pirates and the Mets doing battle once again. We're also going to talk about realistic expectations for the Pittsburgh Pirates going into the second half of the year and Santiago Flores has been promoted and some other prospects are also making some noise in the minors at the moment and we're going to talk about all that as well but let's go ahead and get started on this upcoming series as the Pittsburgh Pirates return to PNC Park this weekend starting tomorrow against the New York Mets of course the Mets took three of four in the last series but or uh, two of four, yeah, two of four, sorry, I don't know how to count today, guys, Um, but realistically, one of the biggest storylines from this past series against the New York Mets was the emergence of Rodolfo Castro, who homered twice in that final game, which was a 6-5 victory, after the Pirates trailed 5-0 in the first inning, that was really the biggest storyline from that series, Rodolfo Castro, of course, a young prospect, who's come up, and I mean, he's shown some pop to his bat, if you listen to our episode Earlier in the week with Gary Morgan, he's always been very fond of Rodolfo Castro, as am I. Rodolfo Castro, I mean, I'm very for it, especially if an Adam Frazier trade is on the horizon. I think Rodolfo Castro could really be your second baseman. Newman can stay at shortstop, and um, Kevin, or Key Brian Hayes can stay at third. But we've seen Rodolfo Castro in spurts this year. Uh, he has a 231 average, four RBIs right now with three home runs. So he's been doing some pretty good things. Um, over his career combined, he's a 257 hitter in the minors over all levels. Uh, that's kind of like where he's been as well. So, I mean, he's been a consistently good hitter so far, and his home run totals have went up as well. I mean, in 2018, uh, 20, yeah, 2018, he had 12 home runs. In 2019, he had 19. In 2019, most of those home runs came at Greensboro. Altoona this year, he had 11. Uh, so far for the Pirates, he has three. So I'd look for Rodolfo Castro to really ramp it up a little bit going into the series. And obviously, another bat, the as Dayon Kovakovich likes to call him, the beer leaguer John Nagowski has had a very good start to his Pirates career so far. 326 batting average as of right now. He's done absolutely awesome. Um, I mean, five home runs, six RBIs. He has a 500 average with the Pittsburgh Pirates at the current moment, a 548 on base percentage, a 571 slugging, and an above 1,000 OPS, and that's in 31 plate appearances and 28 at-bats. So, I mean, over the first seven games, John Nagowski 
has really been the guy the Pirates have kind of needed to get the offense going, and that's one thing they're going to have to do here in this Mets series. Uh, it is probably going to be Jacob deGrom on the mound on Sunday. That's going to be very interesting to see how the Pirates fare there. But tomorrow it looks like they're going to face Marcus Stroman. The Pirates have not named a guy yet. Marcus Stroman been one of the better guys in that rotation this year despite his 6-7 and seven win-loss record. He has a 83Ks, a 25 walks, a 2.75 ERA, a whip close to 1, and that's over 98 and a half innings. So he's done pretty good so far. So the Pirates are in for one here as it looks like Saturday and Sunday are not uh, named yet for the Mets either, but we will expect Jacob DeGrom to be there. And the second half actually starts with some tough games for the Pirates. Uh, they start this series against the Mets, obviously, who are a team that is looking to go to the postseason, leading the NL East. Then they play the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are 10 games behind the Pirates right now. So the Diamondbacks Definitely flirting with getting the number one pick next year. Uh, the Pirates will head to Arizona there. And then they'll head to San Francisco to face the Giants, who are, of course, in that heated NL West battle right now with the Padres and the Dodgers. Then they play the NL Central leading Brewers. And then a solid Phillies team that just really has struggled with bullpen issues. But the Pirates definitely are in a very big, interesting spot heading into this year. We'll see how it works for them, though. As far as this Mets series, I think they just need to do a lot of things they did in the last series. Just kind of get after the starting pitching pretty early. I mean, you looked at the amount of runs the Pirates scored in the games, 4-2, uh, 2, two, two, and 6. That has to go up. Um, we'll see how much it goes up. We'll see if the offense, maybe the all-star break was needed for the offense to kind of, you know, get into a groove a little bit. And right now, John Nagowski and Rodolfo Castro have been awesome. Adam Frazier, of course, has been a very solid player so far as well. Obviously, uh, Trey Talk has been all over the place, but he hasn't let it bother him. He's still batting really ridiculous right now. Brian Reynolds, of course, coming back to his 2019 form. So that's been a big deal for them. Key Brian Hayes, though, is in his first slump, really, of his MLB career. Pitchers are throwing to him up and inside, and he has to adjust to it. I think he will probably adjust to it. That'll be one of the bigger things we have to watch for heading into this series as well against a team that knows how to pitch. And the other thing about the Mets is the one thing that scares me going into the series is PNC Park, unlike um, City Field, is very built differently for power hitter. Uh, power hitters can flirt with PNC Park all they want. It's a relationship that's dated back since the ballpark opened in 2001 and the Mets have a lot of it Dominic Smith Pete Alonzo Jeff McNeil they have a lot of power hitting of course Pete Alonzo won his second home run derby over the week um, on Monday so we'll see if the Pirates that's really what I'm looking for heading into this series can they keep the Mets power hitting to a minimum, and can they get after the starting pitchers of the Mets pretty early and get into that bullpen? That's going to be the ways the Pirates can really succeed in this series. Will they do it? I'm not sure. I think they really need to look to just at least get one or maybe even win the series at home. If you can win the series at home to start the second half, that would be really big for them. Uh, it'd be really big for them moving forward. Then moving into that Diamondback series, especially if you can sit there and win the first series that you come back, it'd be very nice to see the Pirates do so. And, I mean, again, you look at who the Mets are really, like, messing around with right now. <clears throat> Pete Alonzo is the main guy. Dominic, <clears throat> sorry, guys, I have to clear my throat today. Dominic Smith has also had a pretty good year on base percentage and slugging above 300 each. Pete Alonzo, of course, 17 home runs on the year. But then you look pitching-wise, I mean, Jacob deGrom leads all their averages and everything. A 1.08 ERA, 146 strikeouts. Um, 
he's just insane. Of course, JT Brubaker and Tyler Anderson are main guys for Pittsburgh. Tyler Anderson, another trade chip as well. But of course, as I mentioned, that series will kick off tomorrow. So that'll be a very fun series to look into as the Pittsburgh Pirates and the New York Mets go at it once again. And when we come back, what are some realistic expectations for the Pirates heading into the second half of the year? Losing 100 games or not losing 100 games, maybe? That could be one start. We'll get you right back, and we'll talk about some of those when we come back in just a moment. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free long cut and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine unique flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Um, it's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, and packs like Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. Just $1 in free shipping if you use the code LOCKEDON at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. FullyLoadedChew.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. You can why choose to spend 30 to 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right, everyone, and welcome back to Locked on Pirates today on Thursday, July 15th. Again, I hope you're all having a fabulous day. I hope you're all staying safe. And also today, we're going to talk about some second half expectations for the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's been an interesting year, obviously. Pirates sit at 34 and 96, or 34 and 56 right now. If they're 34 and 96, there's something really going wrong. Um, But they're 34 and 56, last place in the NL Central, about where everybody expected them to be. Nobody expected this team to really compete. At one point, they were above 500 twice, 1-0 and 12-11 and earlier in the year. But since then, things have basically led them back to where everyone expected them to be. Of course, Ben Charrington is starting the rebuild right now. Uh, he had a phenomenal draft this past week that everybody has been talking about in national media about the Pirates and how well they did drafting four of the top 32 players in Baseball America with their first four picks. But going into the second half, I mean, you're at 56 losses right now and 30 and 34 wins, equates to about 90 games, obviously. I think the first team expectation for the Pirates is don't lose 100 games. Realistically, if you want to, if you're going to be bad, I mean, be bad, but you really don't want to lose 100 games. It looks like some teams are on track to do so along with the Pirates. The Pirates could be one of those teams. The Orioles right now sit at 28-61. and 61. They could be in that ballpark. The Kansas City Royals all of a sudden are 36-53. and 53. They could also kind of be in that area. The Texas Rangers, 35-55. and 55. Um, They could be in there. The Pirates, of course, 34-56. and 56. 
And the Arizona Diamondbacks, as of right now, are 26-66. and 66, So they're definitely flirting with being the worst team in baseball and getting the number one pick next year. But I think not losing 100 games would do a lot for this team's confidence. Uh, of course, you're going to see the idea that Adam Frazier could be traded. There's still 15 days before the deadline comes, so there's still time for that to develop. And of course, if he does go away, the offense will probably get a little bit worse. Um, but we'll see. I mean, that's probably the first thing. The second thing, let's see Key Brian Hayes come out of his slump. I mentioned it earlier on the pod today. He has been in a little bit of a slump. Let's see if he can actually come back from it. Realistically, you don't learn anything from hitting 386 in your first 26 games as a major leaguer. You learn things from when you start struggling, pitchers start hitting you or pitching to you differently, and you start adjusting. And I think he's going to adjust. The start of the second half is the perfect time to do so. Um, And it's not exactly like he's bad right now. He's just in a slump away from what he's used to doing. And realistically, of course, the injury was very unfortunate for him earlier this year as well as he lost some of his development. But that's one thing. How can Key Brian Hayes develop over the rest of the second half? That's another expectation we'll see. It's something we'll talk about, obviously, a lot here at Locked On Pirates. We'll go over that as well. Another big thing, too, and I mentioned this earlier Can Brian Reynolds be consistently as good as he was in the first half to his all-star form, basically writing off 2020 as an enigma, as a, like, asterisk to his career? Of course, when Brian Reynolds came up in 2019, he was absolutely insane. I mean, he was hitting the ball well. He was a big part of that Andrew McCutcheon trade that uh, saw McCutcheon leave and go to the San Francisco Giants. And Reynolds, he came up in 2019. Obviously hitting the baseball well. I mean, he's a career 287 hitter, but before 2020, I mean, 314, 330, or 377, 503 slugging with an 880 OPS in 2019. He was absolutely phenomenal. He's already matched his home run total from that year where he had 16 home runs and 68 RBIs. He currently sits at a 302, 387, 519 uh, slash line with a 906 OPS. I mean, 16 home runs, 51 RBIs. He's going to surpass that home run total. He's going to surpass that RBI total, I'm pretty sure. He has 165 total bases compared to 247 in 2019. So I fully expect Reynolds to basically write off 2020 where he hit 189. I think he's going to write that off this year. I think it's just going to be something where 2020 is not even going to be in his mind anymore. I don't even think it's in his mind anymore. And in the preseason, I remember telling you guys and everyone listening, I told you he was going to come back and do well. He came back, got his first all-star appearance, all-star start, if I may add, and I think he's going to do very well. He can even possibly surpass his doubles total from 2019 as well, as this is probably the best career or season of his career that he's had thus far. Also, individual development from young players. Um, Max Kranick, of course, has gotten some like some praise after those five no-hit innings that he had against the St. Louis Cardinals a little bit. Uh, of course, I'd love to see Roenzi Contreras and O'Neill Cruz in the system grow a little bit more as well. Um, I mean, Kevin Newman's another guy. I would like to see him come to form his bat. He's done very well defensively this year. He's rarely committed errors this year. I think he's on like a 59-game streak without an error right now. So he's done very well at the shortstop position. It's just he needs to hit the baseball. And it's something that, for me, I don't know what it is. Because in spring training, of course, he broke the spring training batting average record and then came into this year, and he's just not hitting the baseball very well. But... There's been people calling for his head, saying, let's get O'Neal Cruz um, up here right now. Like, let's get him up here right now. Let's get it going. 
but realistically, I'm okay with keeping him down there. And the thing with Kevin Newman is he's hitting 210 this year, but he's a career 259 hitter. He's hitting 209 at right now, but I mean, realistic or uh, not 209. He's hitting, or yeah, he's if baseball reference would work. I'm sorry, I'm looking at baseball reference as I'm uh, with you guys. It's like in the way for some reason, but he's not hitting the baseball well. That's basically the adage you can get from this. He's hitting 210, 252, 273. That's where he's at, but he's a career 259 hitter. Back in 2019, much like Brian Reynolds, he had a much better year. Um, I mean, he had 12 home runs, 64 RBIs, a 308 batting average. He looked very good. This year right now, three home runs, 13 RBIs. He's not looking great, but if he can get to around like his 20 or his batting average range, like in the 230s, the 240s, add another bat to this offense, that would really help as well. Same thing. If Adam Frazier, basically, I would say in the next couple weeks for Frazier, don't come out in the second half and start like 0 for 10 or 1 for 12 or something really, really bad and see your like value for trade deplete a little bit because the Pirates need to trade him at his peak. I've heard some people say, well, why not keep Adam Frazier? It's because he's at his peak development. They did the same thing with Josh Bell. Josh Bell was an all-star. He had a really good 2019, and then he came out in 2020. He looked awful. The Pirates didn't get near what they wanted for him from the Washington Nationals. Will Crow has not looked that great. Eddie Yeen is a project, but they did not get near what they wanted for Josh Bell. If you trade Adam Frazier now at his all-star peak, at his peak, because this is something he's never really done before. He's done it in spurts, but he's never really done it like this, this consistently. Trade him off to someone who's going to give you some top 100 prospects. He's going to get you something back. Teams need a guy that's just going to get you hits right now. And not a lot of teams have that, realistically. There's some teams that are competing that most of their competing is from their pitching or their power hitting. You could use a guy like Frazier to lead off for you and get on base and help you get a lefty bat and all that stuff. So one thing I'm looking for out of Frazier to start the second half, and if he does stay, just remain consistent. Consistently keep hitting the baseball. Um, there is a possibility he doesn't get traded now. He could get traded in the offseason, but I think now is the right time to do it because even if he does remain this consistent and this good, if you try to trade him in the offseason, the main issue with that is right now the main thing with him is he has arbitration next year and then he hits free agency. So a team could have him for a year and a half rather than just a year, and that's really big for some teams because they would like to have a guy like Frazier in the um, playoffs because he can get a lot of hits for you. And that's where the value kind of comes in. And then if I'm looking at other areas as well, Jacob Stallings, just keep being yourself. I want to see Colin Moran come back and just remain healthy. That's another thing that I think I'm looking at. Gregory Polanco, as I've mentioned to me, he's just a lost cause at this point for myself. I think he's done after this year. So I want to kind of see one of these outfielders like a Ben Gamble uh, like other than Brian Reynolds, I want to see one of these outfielders like a Ben Gamble do very well. I mean, we've seen Wilmer Defoe get some time in the outfield. I think he's going to be one of those really good utility guys, especially if Adam Frazier gets offloaded. Kai Tom, I'm over that experiment. Anthony Alford's another guy I would like to see come back up. Um, he's done very well at AAA Indianapolis. He's another guy I think would be very fun to see come back up and get a chance. But outside of that, Ben Gamble, I think, just needs to remain a little bit more consistent. I think he can be a very good fourth outfielder for this team once they cement their outfielders for the future. Um, that's if Ben Gamble is still here. 
And then other than that, I mean, the Pirates, again, just keep looking for individual development. Derek Shelton, just manage the games a little bit better. Uh, let your pitchers, when they're pitching well, pitch longer into these games. Don't pull them like he pulled Tyler Anderson and how he's pulled JT Brubaker in the past. Don't pull them so early when they're pitching well. Speaking of JT Brubaker, that's another expectation. I hope he takes the next step forward as well, gets some more strikeouts, keeps his hot streak going a little bit. And then maybe, I don't know, like Max Kranich, I like what I see from him. I'm also hoping Miguel Yahure can get uh, healthy here and cement himself back in the rotation because I believe if he was healthy right now, he would be a guy in the rotation every every week. Like he would be one of the five guys or six guys in the rotation. And realistically, if you're the Pirates too, in these next couple weeks, if you're trading these guys like Frazier, Richard Rodriguez, and Tyler Anderson, just get the value that you want, Ben Sherrington. Don't undersell. Get the value you want. And if you don't get the value you want, maybe go a little lower, but don't go way too low. And if it comes to that point, just keep the team together. There's nothing wrong with that. But we'll see what they decide to do. And when I come back, as I was speaking on some prospects like O'Neill Cruz and stuff like that, some other prospects like a Santiago Flores and some other guys have been doing very good right now, and you should put them on your list as guys to watch for the rest of the year, and we'll be right back shortly. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs of the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and use the promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, meaning BetOnline.ag will match up to 50% of what you deposit first on their website, and that's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everyone, and welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Locked on Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith. Who does the most? You can follow me on Twitter, at MVP underscore Ethan, if you would like to. And on this final segment, I want to talk about some of these prospects in the Pirate system that have been doing very well. We know Nick Gonzalez is having a very good season at high in Greensboro. If it wasn't for the injury, he'd probably already be in Altoona. Mason Martin, a lot of people are calling for him to get the call up to AAA. He's absolutely raking at AA Altoona right now. It seems like he's hitting a home run every single game. But there's some guys that a lot of people don't really know about Um, especially nationally, but even internally from the Pirates fan base that are doing very well. And honestly, I'll be honest too, I don't know a crazy amount about them either, but it's also the idea that I've kind of formulated some names that I've seen based on their statistics, based on their development, that have done very well. And one thing that I've liked that Ben Charrington has done very solidly this year especially since he's come on is he puts the players that he has in the system first and develops them he's not like sitting around waiting for one of these guys to develop or anything he's developing everybody he's saying hey look we have a good farm system a top uh, 10 farm system in baseball that will probably get even higher as these draft picks start to come in and you're starting to see the promotions around um, around the minors you're starting to see guys like Will Craig who we talked about yesterday head to Japan as kind of his time has run out 
you're starting to see a lot of movement in the Pirates farm system. And one of the bigger names that's been doing very well today, as reported first by Spencer Smith um, from Bradenton, is Santiago Flores. He's done a very solid job so far this year. Uh, Santiago Flores was a 2016-2017 international signing. So he's been in the system for a while. But uh, he was in low A Bradenton, but he got promoted today to uh, high A Greensboro. Or yesterday, sorry. He got promoted to high A Greensboro yesterday. Um, he leaves, and Spencer Smith, of course, uh, his tweet said Santiago Flores had been promoted to high A Greensboro. He leaves the Marauders with a 1.37 ERA, third in MILB, a .5 whip, sixth, and a .65 opponent average, tied for fourth over 10 appearances. That is in 52 and two-thirds innings pitched. He racked up 71 strikeouts in just 14 walks. Uh, so Santiago Flores has done very well. Of course, he sits in the mid-90s with his fastball. Man, the kid is tall, too. Six foot five, 220. Um, he has a very good build to be a starting pitcher. And he's only 21 years old right now. And if you look at Fangrass, Fangrass is one of my favorite websites. You should also check it out, too, if you don't check it out on the daily. They always have, like, potential things. Like, what? how will this look in the future? Um, right now, they're saying his curveball could be a future 60-grade curveball out of 80. That's very awesome. Um, and one of his big issues that he's always had, if you look at his career, he always has had an issue with his command, but obviously based on what I just told you with that 74 or 71 K to 14 based on balls, he's done very well. Um, he's not walking as often. And another guy that's doing really well, that's also in high A Greensboro right now, as some people have kind of flirted with the idea of him going to Altoona, is outfielder Matthew Frazier. Matthew Frazier, of course, was a third-round pick from the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019. If you want to check out my revisiting series that I had last week on the drafts of the last couple years, I think it was the last four years, you can go check that out. I talked about him a little bit, but you look at Frazier, Having a phenomenal year in Greensboro right now. 15 home runs, 38 RBIs, 76 hits with a 328, 410, and a, over 1,000 OPS right now. So he's doing absolutely amazing. And on his career, I mean, realistically, um, all of his home runs have come this year. Uh, he has 386 at-bats, 64 runs, 110 hits, 15 home runs, 53 RBIs. He could steal some bases for you, too. He has 14 stolen bases on his career, and he's a career 285, 362, 825 slasher. He's doing very solid. You can't get mad at what you're seeing here from Matthew Frazier at all. And realistically, again, you look at the Pirates' prospects, of course, you have guys like O'Neill, Cruz, and stuff like that, but it's always good to know about these guys that are a little bit smaller, you know? And... Greensboro is probably the funnest baseball you can watch right now. If you have a chance, MILB.TV, you pay a little bit of money for it. It's not very expensive. They broadcast most of the games. Just watch some Altoona games. Watch some of these games. They're very exciting to see. And realistically, it's, you know, it's one of those really, really good things to see that a lot of these guys are doing very well. And... Prospect watch, I mean, Tanaj Thomas, he's one of the bigger guys that has been doing good. Matthew McGregor has actually been having a very good season. We've seen Luis Oviedo. He's been kind of all over the place right now. We saw him a little bit earlier in the year, but nobody picked him up off of waivers, and he's down there right now. There's a lot of guys that are doing very solid in this system that a lot of you guys, and I'm going to try to keep up with it as best as I can, but a lot of them are doing well. And again, this is a top 10 farm system. Um... Again, Nick Gonzalez leads it. Quinn Priester, he's progressing pretty well. And one of the things that I like to see from this farm system that you see 
is when you have a rebuild, you like to bring a lot of these guys up, like kind of in bunches in a way. The Tampa Bay Rays have done this very well. And most of the ETAs here, Nick Gonzalez, 2022, O'Neill Cruz, 2022, Cody Bolton, 2021. You're seeing a lot of these guys come up around the same time. And then some other guys that I've really liked as well, Jared Jones. He's done very well. He's down in Bradenton. Uh, he has a he's allowed he only has uh, eight games that he's played, five starts, but he has a 3.81 ERA. He has 43 Ks to 12 walks. It's a very good season for him so far. Roenzi Contreras, you've heard this name before, you'll hear it all the time. Three and one, 3.25 ERA, 65 strikeouts to 11 walks, a 186 average. He's a career 19 and 12 pitcher with a 3.11 ERA. He's done well. Some other guys that are low down here that have been not getting talked about that often. Kanan Smith, he's hitting 380, or he, um, he has a 387 on base percentage right now for the Altoona curve. He's been doing well. 275 average, 410 slugging. He has um, five home runs, 32 RBIs. He's been doing very solid. Um, Rodolfo Nolasco, another Rodolfo in the system. He's been doing okay. He's in rookie ball. He has a 371 OPS. Um, Michael Burrows, another fun little pitcher down there. Um, at uh, high A, he has a 2.5 ERA, a 2.25 ERA right now. 139 opponents average, 63K, 17 or balls. A lot of these guys, that's one thing you're starting to see with the Pirates pitching. And then you go to a guy like Omar Cruz as well, 266 ERA, 48 Ks and 19 walks. You're starting to see a trend, right, with the pitchers that are in the system. The pitchers in the system are starting to get a lot more well with their command. Mitch Keller has struggled with this, obviously. But you're starting to see that that's what Ben Charrington is putting a lot of emphasis on. He's putting a lot of emphasis on the strikeout-to-ball rate. Because if you look at how baseball is now, strikeouts, walks, home runs. That's probably the three most likely options that happen in a lot of games now. So if you want to build your system around that, there's nothing wrong with that. Because if you teach the guys like an Eddie Yeen, like a Jared Jones, like all these guys that I just named, like a Braxton Ashcraft, you could see that strikeouts are very much more important than they used to be. They really are. They're always important, but they're very much more important now than they used to be. And you got, I mean, you have to really sit there and marvel at it. You have to. And realistically, Quinn Priester is the top guy here in the entire system. My two favorite guys are Tanaj Thomas and Roenzi Contreras. Tanaj Thomas, he's been kind of, eh, Right now, his ETA is 2023. I'd bump that back a year. He's still really young. But as I mentioned, man, Roesny Contreras, you could see him maybe next year in the majors, depending on how his development goes. The kid's been absolutely awesome. He's been a prospect of the week every once in a while. I mean, currently right now, 55 fastball, 55 changeup, 50 control, 50 curveball. That's things you love to see. And you got him out of a trade from the New York Yankees. But one thing we're definitely going to be doing a lot in the second half of the season here at Locked on Pirates, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on how these prospects are looking. You're not going to see a lot of them this year, I don't think, but next year and the year after, that's really when these guys are going to be good. So might as well tune into the episodes when I talk about them so you knew about them before everyone else. Of course, guys, thank you for tuning in today on Locked on Pirates. You can follow the show page at Locked on Pirates. We post every day, Monday through Friday. You can also follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan. You can listen anywhere, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you get your podcasts. Everyone, I hope you have a phenomenal rest of your Thursday. Come back and see us tomorrow as we're going to talk about whatever we want to talk about here at Locked On Pirates, and I will see you guys on the flip side.